Welcome to Passionate and Prosperous, the only podcast about creating success in your life and business by using your voice, gifts, and skills to do the work that lights you up, make money, and have massive impact in the world. This show teaches coaches, creatives, and service-oriented human beings how to trust in yourself and leverage your unique message, experience, and expertise to attract your ideal audience, create clients, and organically build your soul-aligned business. I'm your host, mindset and business strategy coach, Stacey Brass Russell, and I can't wait to help you to set yourself up for success and use your passion to create the prosperous life and business that you truly desire. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Passionate and Prosperous. This episode is releasing on Wednesday, January 12th, 2022, which is right in the middle of Know Your Niche Week. Know Your Niche is my brand new free five-day training for coaches, creatives, and service-driven entrepreneurs who want to be creating the content and offers that their soul-aligned clients will want and pay for. Even though we're midweek, you can still register and catch up by watching the replays and joining us for the remaining days. You can do that by going to stacybrass-russell.com forward slash know your niche written with no spaces. And we'll still keep that link in the show notes for this week as well. Also, my super amazing organic business development group coaching program, Out of Overwhelm and Into Action, is currently enrolling. And there is an early action price happening right now through January 23rd. So if you want to set yourself up with massive support and accountability and dive into a high-touch, high-value, intimate coaching experience where I will teach you everything you need to know to start, grow, or scale your service-based business, then let's have a call. I connect with everyone that joins my programs. Nothing is anonymous over here. So if you're even thinking about how you can set yourself up for success this year, go to www.stacybrass-russell.com and you can see the program details there and book a call right from that page. And now let's dive into episode 11. You are going to love it. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Passionate and Prosperous. So I'm recording this episode the week between Christmas and New Year's 2021. So by the time you listen to this, it'll be 2022. But I was really feeling a particular vibe. So I'm bringing it to you. And um, I'm kind of I'm kind of excited (laughs) about what I was thinking about and what I wanted to share with you today. So Like many people, at the very beginning of the pandemic, I started making sourdough bread. (laughs) So one thing that you should know about me is I am a passionate home cook. Before I even became a yoga teacher, there was a time that I considered going to culinary school and becoming a chef. I had this idea that I wanted to have my own catering company. So I went a different direction, but I have continued to be a, a you know a person who loves cooking and entertaining, and even cooking just for you know myself, cooking for me and my husband. So so cooking is a, is a huge thing for me. But I've never been a baker, and for those of you who 
know anything about, you know, cooking versus baking, you know that there's actually a big difference. You know, baking is a lot more scientific than cooking. Um, yes, you can follow recipes with cooking, but there's also so much freedom, you know, to be, to just kind of be in, intuitive and to just go with flavors and to, you know, make up stuff. And with baking, you really can't make up a lot of stuff. Baking is very, very much about the measurements and, you know, it's very exacting and temperatures and timing of things. And it's very chemistry based, you know, like the way uh, certain ingredients interact together is important. If you leave out, like if you leave out the baking powder or the salt, you know, forget it. Um, so, so cooking and baking are really, really different. And up until the pandemic, I would never really like fancied myself a baker, you know, um, I didn't bake bread. And if I baked anything, it would be, you know, like here and there, a banana bread or like a cookie, um, you know, following a recipe or even using a mix. Right. So, Okay, so cut to the pandemic starts, and like so many people, I decided I'm gonna make I'm gonna make sourdough bread. I have no idea why that became the thing. Oh, well, I'll tell you one reason it became a thing. So even before the pandemic, I had started baking a little bit of bread because my best friend, she had started baking bread, and she was so excited about about this book that she had and about baking bread. So I had started baking a little bit of bread, but not sourdough bread, bread that required yeast. Okay, so now we get to the pandemic and what is one of the things that becomes a shortage, right? What is there a shortage of? Yeast. Okay, so we're in the beginning of the pandemic and there's a yeast shortage. You can't get yeast anywhere. So you can't bake bread, which for whatever reason felt really important at that time. Um, it was like <laughs> we were acting like we were going into the depression. Little did we know what was actually happening. We thought this was going to be like a two-week lockdown. And so everyone was all excited to like bake and do all this stuff, right? So anyway, we we decide because we can't get yeast – we decide that we're going to become sourdough bakers. And so in, for those of you who don't know, sourdough bread doesn't have yeast, but it requires for you to make what's called a starter, right? So a sourdough starter, and it's fermented. So you have to mix together flour and water. That's all it is. And then it, it becomes a living thing. So you have to let this starter, you know, become fermented and you have to nurture it and you have to feed it and you have to do all this stuff to it like it's a plant. And then when it gets ready, when it's ready, when it's mature enough, when it's lively enough, when it has enough life to it, you can then use it to bake. Okay. And then it becomes your yeast. You don't need yeast. So all you need when you make sourdough bread is flour, water, and salt. Those are the only ingredients that you need, plus your starter, which was made with flour and water. Okay, so I make my starter, and I start baking sourdough bread. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this with you today is because I did do some baking in the beginning of the pandemic, and then, like, when you bake the bread, you have to eat the bread. So, I mean, my story is no different than anyone else's, you know, cut to how many months into the pandemic. And I realized this is insane and ridiculous. I eat more bread now than I ever ate in my entire life. You know, I'm baking all this bread because it's fun. And my husband and I are eating all the bread. And that was not good for us. So 
for many reasons, I stopped making the bread, and I also became gluten-free. So that's a whole other story that I'm not going to go into, but I went through a long period for some health stuff. I wanted to to do some do some healing of my gut and I went gluten and dairy free. So there were many 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 months that I had no bread and I also was not baking any bread. Okay? So I end the sourdough baking. I put my starter in the refrigerator where it where it lives for many many months and then cut to a couple of weeks ago I decided that I really needed to bake sourdough bread. I participated in this Secret Santa sort of thing in a in a cooking community that I'm in, and I thought I'm going to make my person sourdough bread. So I took out my starter, I revived it, and I made bread, and then I decided to make bread again today. And that brings me to today's episode of Passionate and Prosperous because I feel so inspired, and I have so many things that I want to share with you. And I am going to be relating this 100% directly to being an entrepreneur. And I felt this back when I started baking the sourdough bread in March of 2020 or April of 2020. And I remember having this this whole kind of like feeling of connection, like all these sparks flying as I was learning how to make the bread and and seeing all these connections to life. And, you know, I didn't do anything with it. And so now I have a podcast. <laughs> I have a show. And I'm really excited to talk to you about this. So what I learned about how making sourdough bread is, you know, what I learned about how, what it teaches me, I should say, about being an entrepreneur. So, you know, the thing about sourdough bread is that it is not fast. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. It takes a day. It takes a full 24 hours or longer to make a loaf of sourdough bread. And when I first started making the bread, I couldn't believe what an investment it was. And, you know, we talk about investments of time <laughs> all the time on this show, right? We talk about um, what it means to, you know, to really see how long things take or what an investment of time things require in order for them to either come to fruition or to, you know, um, evolve or to mature. And, Sourdough bread takes a really long time to make. So if you're the kind of person that wants to throw some water into, you know, a pre-prepared mix for something, or if you have a bread machine and you just want to throw all the ingredients in, making sourdough is not for you. But what's really interesting is that making sourdough bread has so many of the same qualities that are required to really make it as an entrepreneur. So... As I said, first of all, it takes a long time. So being willing to make that investment in the time that it takes to make, in this case, bread, but in our case, a business, is really important. So I mentioned that you start with a starter. And what I noticed about myself when I made my starter and started work, like, you know, nurturing the starter and feeding the starter was that it really took on this quality that it was this thing that I cared so much about. And what I was making that I cared so much about was the foundation, was the thing that you needed. It was the essential ingredient. It was the thing that had to be there in order for everything else to happen. 
And I found myself, you know, like really feeling this living thing and how important it was for me to keep it alive and also how important it was for me to um, to nurture it and to take care of it. And, you know, when we're putting a business together and we've had most of the episodes so far leading up to now, like if you're listening in chronological order, I know some of you may not be, you may just be popping in and out, or maybe this is your first episode and you may be thinking, what the fuck is this podcast about? I promise you this podcast is about um, about building businesses, about building passionate and prosperous lives, about using your gifts and skills, about doing what lights you up, about knowing how possible it is to follow your heart and to make money doing what you love. That is what this podcast is about. And it's also about living a passionate and prosperous life, which means that you are consistently, and I'm going to say constantly, engaging in activities that inspire you, that give you great pleasure, that teach you things, that make you feel like you're using the parts of you that are are like special and unique, like the, the parts of you that get that get excited to do certain things. That's a huge part of building a passionate and prosperous life and business. So if you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to be a coach, if you want to be a creative, if you want to be someone who's waking up every single day and really feeling like you're doing it. And when I say doing it, I mean, whatever it looks like, even if it's not your your job, right? So we've talked about this before. I like to always say that I'm not only speaking to people who are out there being, you know, solo entrepreneurs, but even if you work for someone or with someone or you have a job, a passionate and prosperous life and business is where you wake up every day and you feel like you're bringing all of your stuff to what you do, that you are living in fullness, <clears throat> that you are living in total in total fullness and that you are engaging with what makes you feel passionate, whether that's the work that you're actually doing, like with people, how you make your living, and also I'm going to say doing the activities that bring you amazing joy for whatever reason, right? There are activities that I love that are intellectually stimulating or that make me feel like they send me into like my my Stacy philosophical mind where I start contemplating the universe, you know, or the nature of time. You know, I love to talk about time. So what we're talking about here is when you can do things, activities, things that you love, finding those things that spark connections for you and that you bring that to the work that you do or you use it as inspiration or a catalyst. And that's really, really important is that is that you have the things that you know are the catalysts that trigger, right, a way of thinking or a way of feeling inside of you that then you get to bring to the work that you do. You get to bring it to what you're creating. You get to use it in your teaching, in your coaching, in your creating, in the content that you make, um, in how you share your message, in how you share your mission. Okay? So that was just a little bit of a kind of in case this is the first time that you're listening to this show. We don't always talk about baking, but today I'm here to talk about how my relationship with baking sourdough bread has been such an inspiring 
revelation when it comes to like really understanding the nature of being an entrepreneur and what it really takes to create a business. And so back to where we were, which is in order to make sourdough bread, you actually have to make the foundation. You have to make the thing that is the catalyst for you to then be able to make the bread. And putting that effort into that and the patience and the waiting for it to to become alive and for it to bubble is to me, so similar to what we have to do when we are making the decision to start creating something that we are going to use as a vehicle for doing the work that we love, for using our gifts and our skills. So in in many cases, that's a business. And so this podcast, that's where I was before, we've been sort of going a little bit chronological, right? Like when I think about showing up for, for recording episodes, I often think, okay, if I'm, if I'm thinking that we're in this together for the long haul, right? If we're, if we're in this for the long play and we're just at the beginning, the things that I've been talking about and coming in to teach about feel really foundational to me. They feel like the things that we have to do first, right? And then as we go along, I have every intention of talking about more, you know, I was thinking today even about what I'm what I'm doing right now in my business, which is launching my program out of overwhelm and into action. I was like, yeah, I can't wait. I'm going to make episodes for you really talking about the behind the scenes of what it looks like to put out a big program, you know, so that's coming, but we're still in foundation mode. And the foundations are what I call the elements, right? What are the things that you've got to have in place in order to create your business, to put yourself out there? And so we've been talking about it. We talked about knowing who you're for, right? Knowing your niche. We talked about knowing your why, why it's so important, why your why matters. And we also talked about just making sure that you know what your passionate offer is and having someone to to buy it, to invest in it. So these were these foundational element things that we have to, we have to put in place. We have to invest in them. And they're a little bit painstaking. And what I mean by that is I've worked with so many people, including myself, that really, really had to, to spend a lot of time. And the reason I call it painstaking is because it doesn't always feel easy. Like it doesn't always feel like you just go, oh, I know what my niche is or, oh, I'm so, I'm so clued in and and connected to my why, or I know what my mission is. Like, yeah, if Oprah asked me, I could just like rattle it off. If I, if, if I got my five minutes on Oprah, right? Like those things are not always easy. It sometimes takes a while. I mean, hopefully it doesn't take, you know, a year, but sometimes it takes a while to really hash those things out and to really get to a clarity and to get to something that feels alive, right? Like the starter. Sometimes it takes a while for it to to get to that place where you're like, yes, yes, okay, this feels right. This feels right. So, so I'm using that as the first kind of metaphor, analogy, whatever we're going to call it today about baking sourdough bread and having a business. Okay. All right. So what's the next thing that I learned? Well, I'm not saying these are all in order. I just, I have a couple of things I'm going to share with you. They may be in or out of order. Okay. So I already started talking to you about the fact that 
making a sourdough bread takes a long time, okay? Now, in bread life, 24 hours, like a whole day, that's a huge investment, right? In like bread making time, if you're not like a baker, if you're not, this isn't what you do for a living, right? But you're like, I want to eat some bread. And then you begin this process and it takes 24 hours. It feels like a long time, you know? And it feels like, you're like, oh my God, I hope this is worth it. <laughs> you know, like you're, you go through all of these emotional cycles where you have to wait. There's hours where you have to let it rise. You have to give it time. You have to let it ferment in its bulk fermentation. And it takes, you know, sometimes you have to leave it overnight in the refrigerator. Um, you know, creating your business takes time. And there's, we had an episode recently called, um, you can always make more money, but it was also really about time. And I have another episode in me about time that's going to come at some point. And I know what it's going to be called. I'm just going to preview it to you right now. It's going to be called everything takes time and time is long, right? I mean, like time is freaking long. Time is eternal. That's the whole point of it, right? Everything has always been and everything always will be, right? If you go backwards and forwards, time is really, really long. There's been a lot of time before right now and there's going to be a lot of time after right now. And what's really funny about us as human beings is that we we don't appreciate when something takes a long time. We don't want things to take a long time. And one of the hardest things for us to to kind of, you know, experience is how long it takes to see certain results or outcomes in our businesses, even in the investing in our business, right? Um, one of the things that I think is a, is a mindset thing is, is believing that there should be some sort of immediate and direct return on an investment, return on your investment. And when you're an entrepreneur, when you're doing your own business, when you're creating it from scratch and you're taking action and you're being consistent and you're showing up because you've got to do all those things or you're not actually starting a business. Like if you're, if you say you started a business and nothing is happening and then I say to you, have you taken action in your business every day? And you're like, no, then to me, I'm like, oh, well then talk to me when you have, because right now you haven't started a business, you know? So when you are doing all those things, if you're operating from a place that it's failing or not going well, if you don't see an immediate return on your investment, then you're going to have a hard time because you're never going to be able to be in the mindset that's going to allow you to operate from the place of I'm going to invest time, energy, money, focus, concentration, whatever, right? And I understand that I may not know when I'm going to get that return on my investment. And I don't know exactly what that return on the investment is going to be, right? Because so often, and I've heard this so many times, so I'm just putting it out there. Um, so often, I hear entrepreneurs kind of rationalizing making an investment, whatever it is. And obviously, I've heard it in regards to making an investment to work with me as their coach, right, or to join one of my programs that cost money, or even just making the investment to, you know, have a virtual assistant or hire someone to help with some aspect of business, um, you know, or anything that is an investment in the business when you're not really there yet 
right? When your business isn't necessarily like quote unquote profitable, when you're not creating so many clients that it feels consistent, regular, and like, and you're like, oh, I have a business. I know it makes money every month. The mindset about spending or, you know, what the return on the investment or how long it should be, right? How long it should take can be very skewed and it can really interrupt your ability to really know what it takes to, to have a business, to start a business, to get it going, which is that things take time. Not everything happens fast. And when it's not happening fast, that is not a bad sign, right? You have to be able to know, and this is another thing that we're going to get to about, about making the sourdough bread. You have to know what your KPIs are. So, you know, KPIs, it's, I didn't make it up. This is like used in many industries, but KPI stands for key performance indicator. So when you have a business and you're starting a business or you're, you know, you're um, having a business, but it feels like it's going slower, taking a long time. If you just go, oh, I don't have my end result. I don't, I'm not making consistent, whatever, 5K months or 10K months, or I don't have a nonstop flow of clients, or, you know, people aren't buying my services on a regular basis. If you look at that and go, therefore, that equals, right, that things are not going in the right direction or things aren't going well, you are jumping the gun. You cannot look at that. You must have what we call your KPIs, your key performance indicators. And your key performance indicators are the things that you look at that may not be the big end result. They may not be the end all be all, the, the, you know, the annual income that you're looking for or the amount of clients or the big results, like how many people are signing up for your email list or how many people are taking you up on your offers or even your free things, right? I mean, these are all things that I've seen people do and myself included, right? Put, put things out there because that's what you have to do and then maybe not get the 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 big result that you were hoping for, and then therefore write it off as failure, not going well, it was wrong, I made a mistake. But when you have your key performance indicators and you know what those are, you get to look for those things to see if you're headed in the right direction. And when you are getting green lights or yeses on those KPIs, even if you don't have your big outcome or result yet, that lets you know that you are in the right direction and it's just taking a longer time than you maybe thought it was going to take, right? So when you're making the sourdough bread, for example, right? When you're making this this dough from really from scratch, I mean, super scratch, right? You're not taking this yeast, which is this extra thing that you can put in that's going to make it come to life and going to make it rise and everything. When you're making it from scratch, and you're using just these three things I told you, water, flour, and salt, right? You have to know what your KPIs are. You have to know what is going to let you know if the dough is moving in the right direction. You have to be willing to look for those indicators. You have to be, you have to even, you have to even learn what they are, right? You have to, you have to decide, right, what you're going to be using. Obviously, you can read books and there are plenty of people who can teach you about sourdough, but this is, we're getting to the next amazing thing about sourdough bread. Um, but you need to know what those indicators are as you're going along this long process, 
right? Because now we're getting to the next piece here. Even though there are recipes and even though there are experts who can tell you how long it may take, for example, to get to, you know, they call it like for the, for the dough to, to increase in volume, let's say. It should be one-third or double the size that it started. That, that's just like one example. Even though they can tell you, oh, it'll take three hours or four hours, the thing is, is that the science of bread making and especially of sourdough is so particular that the temperature inside of your house or your apartment – the temperature outside where you live, the altitude, the temperature of the water that you use to make the dough, all of these things are going to create variables and there's no way to be precise and follow the recipe. And so when you first begin, if you know nothing about making sourdough bread, which I did not, I knew nothing, right? I knew nothing. I knew, I knew nothing. And many of the people that I work with, including myself, like when I started, I mean, my coaching business was not my first business. I I did own a yoga studio. And even when I started that business, I didn't really know how to open a yoga studio. I mean, I knew a lot of stuff because I managed a studio, but I didn't know how to own a studio and then cut to leaving that to become a coach and really start my own solopreneur business, doing something brand new to me. Okay. I knew nothing. I knew nothing. I had no, I didn't know how I was going to do it. I just had to start. Right. And then by doing it, I started to learn. I started to learn things. And so when I started making the sourdough bread and I found out from the first time when I did follow the recipe exactly and the bread came out really, really dense and kind of like a rock, I also had a batch of dough in the beginning that I had to completely throw away. And there was a thousand grams of flour in that dough. I don't know if you know how much that is, but it's a shitload of flour. It was, it was so much flour and I made this dough and I had already invested all of this time in it. And it just became clear to me that this dough was never, ever going to become bread. It was, it was not, it was not going to become bread and I had to throw it away. And doing all of these trial and errors and showing up and following the recipe, I then started realizing, well, wait a minute, I have to learn how to use my intuition here. I have to be able to be with this dough and I have to not be looking at a piece of paper and thinking that the piece of paper knows what this dough needs and how how the dough, you know, how much time it's supposed to take or whether or not I should add a little bit of water or whether or not I should use a little less water next time because of where I live and, you know, my, the temperature in my apartment and all this. And it took me many times. So a lot of trial and error to start using my own intuition and to start learning from my own experience. So, you know, so many of us, when we start our businesses, when we start trying to do what we want to do and put ourselves out there, we look for, you know, the we look for like the right way to do it. 
right? And we've talked about this before too, you know, there, you can't do anything wrong. That was an episode, right? But we do look for, um, you know, how should I do this? You know, and we do have mentors and coaches. I do, right? I mean, I'm never without a coach. I always have a mentor. I always have someone who's further along than me, who is doing the things that I ultimately would like to be doing. And I need that. I always want that. And there's no way that she can tell me exactly what she does, and then I'm going to copy it, right? That doesn't exist. So what we have to learn how to do as entrepreneurs, as individuals who are by our own right, creative and passionate, right? And we have gifts and we have skills and we have life experience and we have our unique individual passions. We have the things that make us special, that make us who we are, the things that we're good at aside from the thing that we are trying to make a living at, right? So I always talk about this. What does it mean to use your gifts and your skills in your work? Well, it means if you're a coach, for example, there's lots of coaches out there. There's a million people that say that they're the same type of coach as you and say that they're the same type of coach as me. But I know that what makes me different than all the other business coaches is what I bring to my business coaching, that I bring my yoga background, that I bring my unique skill set of being like a, a, a weird, uncanny reverse strategist, right? And I bring my Virgo-ness. I bring my like organization. I bring my brain that works in a certain way that really, that really serves other people, Um. Everyone that's a coach or everyone that's a creative or everyone that's a service-based, whatever you are, a yoga teacher, a wellness professional, um, you know, some sort of a creative, a creative that you offer your services to other people that they need, you are bringing unique things, your unique gifts and skills to the work that you do. And that's what gives you the ability to be intuitive and to be creative and to take the quote-unquote rules right? To take the, the, the recommended practices, even from me, right? With my clients. Yes, of course. I can tell you exactly how to orchestrate a launch. I can tell you exactly how to put a course together. I can tell you exactly. I can tell you so many things. I can guide you. I can say, do it this way. But even within that, you still have to bring yourself. You still have to bring your intuition and your creativity, right? And 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 if your gut is telling you, right, I think I'm going to do it this way. Thank you so much for giving me all this guidance. And now I feel good about like how I'm putting this out there. That's what's meant to happen, right? I can tell you, I can, I can tell you so many occasions where I was given the sort of best practices or the recommendations or how people do it in the industry, right? And when it just didn't feel right for me or didn't feel like it was going in the direction I wanted to, but my gut was telling me, but you should just do it this way. And I did it that way. It worked and it worked better, right? Than if I had done it the other way. So the beautiful thing about the sourdough bread is that even though it it is recipe driven because it is a living thing, right? Sourdough bread is a living thing. Because of that, it it requires, it demands for the one who's making it to be so 
intuitive and to be so with, you know, it's like when I'm making the dough, I literally feel like I'm communing with the dough. And I also just want to say that I'm not expecting you to go out and start making sourdough. Like, I hope that you know that this can be a metaphor (laughs) for anything that you do, right? You can, you can probably plug in something else for sourdough. I mean, so many things take time. So many things take investing and patience and intuition and, and using the guidelines, but then knowing that like, you can, you know, you have to then let just sort of be in the moment and be with what is. So please, please, please do not feel that you must use that you have to go out and bake sourdough bread. But I'm hoping that this is that this is inspiring to you because I really do think that we can learn so much of what we need to know. And we can understand our mindsets and how to adjust our mindsets so well when we pay attention to the real world, to life. I don't want to say the real world because I don't mean like to like the bullshit that's going on in our world. I mean to things like baking bread or to nature, you know, um, or to processes or how we learn things, um, things that take time, uh, you know, spending time doing things that that nourish, nurture, and awaken consciousness and and intuition and intellect, right? These are such important things to do. So whatever yours is, right, I'm explaining to you how I found an activity that has just been so wonderful to remind me of all of these things as I'm engaging with this dough, (laughs) with this bread, having this relationship, okay? So um, the next thing that I put down on my my list of like, what do I want to tell everybody is that this is a time when good enough is actually amazing. What do I mean by that? Well, I've made a lot of loaves of bread now. And what I can tell you is that even the ones that didn't do all the perfect things, even the ones that didn't get, you know, as I call it fluffy, like where the dough didn't get as fluffy as it was supposed to, or even when I was shaping the bread, it was too sticky and it got messed up. And I feel like I just kind of plopped the dough into the thing and had to hope for the best. Even, right, when the dough didn't have enough air bubbles and the bread didn't come out with like all of these like glamorous air pockets, even then, guess what? The bread was delicious. <laughs> it, it was amazing, right? Now, now I know that there can be even more amazing bread because I've made it, right? Now I know what it what it looks and feels like when I take out a loaf and I cut into it and I'm like, holy shit, I can't believe how incredible this is, the flavor and what it looks like. And oh my God, I made it from flour, water, and salt, it really is. It never gets old. I'll tell you that much. I mean, maybe if I like worked in a bakery, it would get old. But over here, making a couple of loaves every here and, you know, here and then, <laughs> it does not get old. So, but the best part about it is that other than that time that I had to throw the dough away, I literally did have to throw the dough away that time because it never got to the point where I could turn it into something that could shape up like a loaf of bread. <laughs> it was just this like liquid mass. But anything else, I've baked 
and it has come out delicious. Even the ones that were like a little dense, you know, or if I was on a baking show, I'd get, you know, not a lot of criticism, but they were delicious. So I'm here to tell you that good enough is amazing. And so many of us struggle with perfection. So many of us think that if we don't get everything perfect, right? And I don't even know what perfect is. I mean, I guess you could, you know, when I look at one of the loaves, I'm like, oh my God, this has so many holes in it and the crust is awesome and it it did this thing that, you know, it's supposed to like pop open in the oven. You have no idea how many loaves of sourdough bread I made that did not pop. And it's, it was really disappointing. I'm not going to lie. I was really disappointed. And that moment of seeing if it popped and I'd call my husband in and be like, okay, we're going to see, we're going to open, we're going to open the oven and we're going to see. And I'd open it and I'd be like, oh my God, why doesn't it have that cool poppy thing? Right. Um, and even now, like I, when I made those two loaves last week, I was like, oh my God, it worked. Like I popped the loaves. I've got two sitting in the refrigerator right now that are going to get baked tomorrow, I still don't know. I'm like, I wonder if I can do it again, right? But here's the thing that I know. Even if they don't pop open and don't look as gorgeous as an Instagram-worthy thing, I think it's Instagram-worthy no matter what, but, you know, whatever. Even if it wasn't going to win a prize, it's going to be delicious. And that says so much about when we put our heart and soul into our work, when we're creating content, when we are showing up, when we are delivering value, when we are having conversations, when we are speaking from our, you know, our best intentions, when we are really trying to help others, when we are in service, everything that we're doing is good enough and it's, it's probably even better. It's amazing. Right. But we have so many, so many hangups and so many fears about thinking that we've got to make sure we've got to rehearse everything. We've got to get everything perfect. We've got to hold it, hold back and, and, and not, not put it out there, not do it, not execute it until we think that there's some way of knowing if it's going to be perfect. And the truth is, is that we're never going to know that. You can never know. I literally can never know before, like, I literally take the bread out. And that's the only way I know if, like, if it did the thing where it popped. I don't know if you know what that means. But it's this thing that sourdough bread is supposed to do when you cut into it, when you put the dough in the oven. And then if it, you know, the steam and everything makes the dough expand. And it has this beautiful, like, kind of crust and whatever. I never know when I'm about to put it in the oven if I'm going to get that. You know? Okay. So what else did I want to share with you about, about the, the relationship between baking sourdough bread and being an entrepreneur, having a business? <laughs> okay. So what, the next thing I wanted to share with you is that I really feel like making the bread allows me to be in service because I always make the bread knowing that I'm giving some of it away. And I'm giving it away. And I get this great joy, actually, in making it for other people. And I think that this is such an important thing when you're a service-based person or a creative person or you're a coach. When the work that you do is really about others, it's about either giving other people an experience, 
It's about helping them. It's about helping them heal. It's about helping them be more successful. Um, you know, it's about inspiring them, motivating them, um, helping them to get to the next level. I mean, whatever you are, if you're a service-based individual, I mean, I even apply this to all the years I was teaching yoga. My, my job was to walk into a classroom and to create an experience for my students, for the people in there. And that was really all it was about. You know, and whether or not I, 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 you know, taught them the hardest pose, you know, in the book was inconsequential because all that really mattered was that I gave them an experience that moved their, their, like who they were being, right, closer to being in a state of yoga than than closer to being in a state of, you know, being worked up, jacked up anxiety and stress, which, you know what, a yoga class can actually do that to you. So if you take a yoga class, and you actually feel more wired and more amped up when it's over, I have bad news, that wasn't actually yoga. (laughs) Right? So my job when I walked in was like, how can I give everybody this experience that that feels like it's really going to be the experience of yoga? And that's how I feel in everything that I do in my business. And I want you to feel this way too, right? Every time that I start questioning or doubting, you know, what I'm doing or whether or not it's good or whether or not, you know, it's working, I remember that my number one sort of um, it's not, I'm not going to say my number one mission, but like what I do is I put, I put you all in the center. I put you in the center. I put my clients in the center. I put my audience in the center. And I say, I'm just going to do what I need to do in order to provide the best experience and the best service that I can for my clients, for the people who listen to me, for the people who watch me, for the people who come to my stuff, whether they pay for it or if it's free, whatever. And That's what it means to be in service. That's what it means to build your business through being in service, right? It means getting great pleasure and joy from providing something for someone else, giving it away. And I don't mean giving it away, meaning everything has to be free. I'm I'm just saying that when that's how we view our work, when we, when we view it as I'm, this is an offering. This is an offering and it gives me great joy to do this as an offering to you, that is when we are going to be the most successful in our service-based businesses. Even as creatives, even as someone who's creating art or, or, or making something, making something, whether you're making it for someone and they're paying for it, or if you're making it just to put it out there in the world, the idea is if you're making it for yourself, it's, it's, Possibly, I'm not saying all the time, I'm not saying, I'm not, I don't like to, you know, I'm not saying all the time, but like if you're making it for yourself, there's a chance that it's not going to have the same um, outcome for you or the other person, people, right? Audience, as it would if you were doing it the entire time with the intention of giving it to someone else, of making it for someone else and, and showing up for someone else. And that does not mean that you never show up for yourself. That is not what we're talking about. That does not mean that you don't do things for self. I'm just using, again, this experience for me of putting so much time, effort, and, you know, in, in investing so much of my 
energy into, you know, making a loaf of bread, but getting such great joy out of doing it, knowing that like I'm giving it away. I, you know, keep one for me, give one to someone else. But it is, it is such an important part of, of being able to have the longevity or, or to sustain yourself in your service-based business is to never lose sight of that aspect of it. That if you're not getting pleasure and joy out of being in service to someone else, it's over. It's time to move on. This is not your business anymore. And then here's the final thing I'm going to say. This is the last thing about sourdough bread and entrepreneurship or having a business. The more you do it, the more you practice, you get better and better at it and it becomes second nature and it flows and it comes naturally. So when I was making this bread today, I was making a different recipe. I was making sourdough, but I was using rye flour. And it's a little different than using just the bread flour. I was using a combination. And I had a recipe. And I followed the recipe for, like, the the percentage of, like, the flour and, you know, kind of making sure that the water ratio and all that was, like, what was recommended. And then I put the recipe away because I was like, I've made sourdough bread now so many times And now I just am going to be with the dough. I know what I'm looking for. When I go every 30 minutes to stretch and fold it, I know how it should feel. I know how long, you know, I I, meaning I I, I know that I'm going to let it do its thing, even if it's longer than what the recipe says, because I know my apartment and I know it may take a little longer. I know what the dough should look like and feel like. I know what it smells like if it's it, when it's ready to to be shaped. I know how to shape the dough. I don't have to watch tutorial. You know, when I first started, I had this tutorial on Instagram with this baker that I was obsessed with um, from the San Francisco Tartine Bakery. And every time I made bread, I would have to I would watch her and how she shaped the bread so that I could do it like like her. And I don't have to anymore. And I do it like her, but I think I also do it like me. And so I didn't have to use the recipe at all. And that's what I'm here to tell you. The only way to to get your business going, the only way to feel confident, the only way to, to be able to kind of feel like you're making it your own and that you can trust your your judgment and your intuition and that you can use the 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 recommended practices and have your have your mentor and your coach and and the people that you learn from because we always have to be expanding and growing and doing things that we don't know how to do but along with all of that the more you do your thing the more you practice the more you practice your craft the more you keep showing up the better and better you're going to get at it. The more you do it, the more it flows, the more natural it will feel. And that I can tell you with 100% confidence, guarantee, and I make the promise to you. The more that you do what you need to do in order to have your passionate and prosperous business, and I mean at any point, I don't mean only in the beginning. I mean Every step along the way, you're going to have to do something new. If you want to grow and scale, if you want to keep expanding, if you want to make more money the following year, 
if you want to work with more people, whatever it is. In order to do those things, you're always going to have to do something new. There's always going to be a learning curve. And in the beginning, it's going to feel like maybe you're fucking it up a little bit or maybe it, you, you know, it's not going exactly the way you thought it was going to go when you're introducing that new thing. Maybe you have to throw the dough out once. But the more you do it, the more it becomes second nature and the better you get. And that time of recovery, that sort of time of, you know, learning the new thing and then having it become second nature, it gets shorter and shorter because it's a skill. It's, it's, it's a muscle that you develop. People ask me all the time how I put out so much new stuff all the time. And you know what? It's because, first of all, I've been putting out new stuff for 20 years. And what I can tell you is that the time it takes for me to come up with something new, execute it, get a little comfortable with it, and be able to repeat it, that time has gotten shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. But it's taken two decades. So that's how I do it. So... I hope that 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 these that this look here's what I could tell you about using the sourdough today. It gave me an awesome reference to be able to share with you some of the things that I think are not just like stuff that that we can make up about being entrepreneurs or having a business, but it's really stuff that we get to just see that it's really the way things are. It, it These are the things that we want to use for ourselves when, when we're trying to shift our mindset and adjust and look for inspiration. These are the kind of things that we get to use to, to, to reinforce and say, yes, yes, if that is the way that works, then that's probably the way something else works also, right? If that's what that process is, that process must apply to other things as well. And I feel very, very strongly that that process of making sourdough bread to me feels really, really in alignment with what it feels like to, to have a business and to be an entrepreneur. And all of those qualities that I can see in myself, the curiosity, the pleasure, the patience, right? The, the creativity, the using of intuition, the building of relationship, right? I can see all of that in that making of that bread. And I can see how all of those things apply to having my successful, passionate and prosperous life and business. So that's what I have for you. You're going to be listening to, listening to this after the holiday, but it feels to me like the holiday episode that I wanted to bring to you because I'm associating this baking moment with the holidays. I promise you come January, the sourdough starter is going back into the refrigerator and she's going to hibernate <laughs> for a while because just like many of you, come the new year, I'm going to go back to being a little gluten-free and like doing my, doing my thing, my health thing. But my sourdough starter is going to be there. She's going to be in the refrigerator. And at any time I can take her out, I can wake her up, I can feed her, I can nurture her, and then I can make something amazing. So that's what I have for you tonight. And I look forward to being with you again next week, being in your ears, being in your headphones. 
signing off. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to Passionate and Prosperous with me, Stacey Brass Russell. And if you like what you hear, make sure to click the follow or subscribe button on your platform of choice. And if that happens to be Apple, it's the little plus sign on the top right. You'll get notified when new episodes drop every Wednesday. Hey, did you know we have a Passionate and Prosperous Facebook group? Yep, it's true. Join the community and come share your takeaways or ahas from episodes and ask me questions. If you know anyone that you think would benefit from what we're doing here on this show, please spread the love and tell a friend. Stay tuned for next week's episode where we're going to be talking about why sometimes it feels like everything is so hard. And as always, I'm sending you love and high vibes. And remember, life is hard and there's always something you can do about it.